This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. A generation ago, only 10% of families had only one child. Today, that number has more than doubled. More and more families are trending towards having only one child. Yet, only 3% of Americans think one is an ideal number. Well, what are the myths surrounding only children? Is it the parent's duty to supply a sibling? Is only lonely. We're here with Susan Newman, here to debunk the myths surrounding only children, and this is Parent Savers, episode 27. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I am your host, Casey Wilt. Parent Savers is all about helping new parents from the baby years through the toddler years. So download the free app, sign up for the free newsletter, like us on Facebook, send us an email, or call our hotline. This is your show. We want you to be involved. So we have amazing experts at our fingertips. So shoot us a line and we'll get your questions answered. We also have a new option of joining our Parent Savers Club, where you can download the archived episodes and get exclusive content and more. So I am a new parent myself. My son Carson is almost 23 months old. We're getting to the phase where you stop saying it in months. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm joined by two new parents here in the studio. My name is John O'Reill. I'm 38. I'm a writer. And I have three boys, five, three, and one-year-old. And my name is Sunny Galt. I am 34 years old. I am the host and producer of our sister show, Preggy Pals, which is all about pregnancy. I have two little boys of my own. Um, My youngest is almost six months. And um, I also have a two-year-old. And I am an only child. So we got the only child here representing. Oh, yeah. What, what? (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the news headline, Big Brother, no, it's the parents. And it talks about how we're living in a society with um, Facebook and Twitter and all these things with their kids. And how much do you parent it? And how much do you not parent it? And so there's things that there's technology now that can allow parents to track the physical whereabouts of their kids. They can monitor their their driving speed. They can know if they're texting while they're driving. You can put your stuff in and find out everything that your child says on Facebook and they'll let you know and they'll alert you. Do you think that's too much or do you think, um, you know, parents need to give kids space? What do you guys what do you guys think? Yeah, no, I. 
especially genre, you know, yeah. you're the tech techie guy. Tech guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean I definitely think that it's important for parents to know what their kids are doing online and be aware of it. But definitely you need to make sure that there's boundaries that you don't cross. Um what what do you think, Dr. Newman? Well, you also that you build a trust between yourself and your child or children and by overly snooping, you're breaking that trust and your children will not talk to you and they will not come to you. So there's a really fine line that parents have to walk and ideally they'll educate their kids and say, okay, this is why Facebook, what you put on Facebook will always be there. Um, why you don't want to tweet, um, you know, whatever is going to come back to haunt you. Uh, so, you know, the, there I think you want to explain to your child, you can even say to your child, you know, age dependent, I'm going to monitor you until I see that you are handling uh, all this technology responsibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. I think transparency and openness with your kids about what you're doing and whether you want to be alerted to every Facebook post or kind of have a weekly check-in, say, hey, I'm going to check your phone and see what the texts are, that they know and that it's up front because the last thing you want to do is surprise them and cause them to not trust you. Well, yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of like when you're going through the airport and they have those sporadic checks. It's like, you know, you could get caught and you could get in trouble if you're carrying something you shouldn't (laughs) be carrying, right? And that's kind of how I view it. Like, you know, my husband um, is a police officer, so we've had this talk quite a bit. Um, And and our kids are still really young, so we haven't had to implement any of this yet. But I've always said, listen, if if our children feel comfortable enough with me, you know, for example, on Facebook, friending me so I can see some of the stuff they're posting, it's not that I'm going to check every day. You know, it's not that I'm going to say... When they walk into the door, let me see your cell phone. I'm not going to give them a cell phone until <laughs> they're, they're 21. Yeah. But that's another, that's another story. But I do think parents sometimes go the opposite route, and they want to f- be a friend. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the danger zone. I think parents have to be smarter than their kids when it comes to technology because, obviously, we're trying to protect them, you know, and we have to be one step ahead or, you know, the stuff is constantly coming out, new technology. And if we don't know it, we're putting our kids in danger. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the mothers in this article said um, she knows when her child is having problems with the boy or there's conflict among the friends but she said being privy to that information and not using it is difficult so it's kind of like Yes, knowing about it, but exactly what you said, Dr. Newman, is not abusing that pre- privilege or that power. And and then there was another part in the article where, um, and this is kind of where I think I would fall in line with, that yes, at any moment, I will check your phone. I will take this. I will look at this. Um, and then this teenager said in the article, having your parents monitor makes you think twice about what you put out there. So just kind of, I, I have some friends with um older children and that's what they do they have one email for the family so it goes in and out through them but they don't you know they trust their kids but their kids also know mom and dad have have privileged this email and then um at any point they can take their phone and text them and they they know that and and as long as they grow up knowing that you know and the parents don't use it exactly what you said they don't use it to um control their kids and so they still give them trust so there's one other point I want to bring up, particularly for older children. Um, you talk about the news when a teen or preteen does something absolutely absurd and um, abuses the trust her parents has, has given her or him. 
talk about that. Talk about a new technology with your child so they know that you're aware, but also the negative things that go on on the Internet uh, can be good learning lessons for your child. Good point. Good yeah, point. Teachable yeah. moments are super important. Take Make everything a teachable moment. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Today on Parent Savers, we have Dr. Susan Newman. She's author of The Case for the Only Child, and she's here to help debunk the only child myths. So, Dr. Newman, why is the decision to have only one child so difficult? Because our society has been set up for so long to uh, that the ideal family is two children, that everybody feels this intense pressure. You feel guilty if you're not giving your child a sibling. I mean, it could be your mother, your friends, even perfect strangers in the grocery checkout line will say, you can't do that to your child. You can't have just one. Um, so it's become kind of a numbers game or a numbers war like the mommy's war. Um, and, and one of the best kept family secrets is that one child is very quietly becoming the new traditional family. Uh, the one-child family is growing faster than any other family grouping. So, you know, the decision is difficult because grandparents want more grandchildren and because parents have been raised to think and believe that the big family is the happy family. Why do you think we're seeing more one-child families? What do you think is contributing to the rise of that? Um, well, there are any number of issues at work. One and a bit, you know, the two biggest ones are the economy and the fact that women are starting marrying later and starting their families later. So, uh, you know, for example, uh, the number of women giving birth at age 30 has doubled. At 35, it's tripled. And after 40, it's quadrupled. Whoa. So that, you know, that's one of the... Um, main reasons because, you know, after 35, you're looking at um, possible infertility issues and secondary infertility uh, issues. Um, so that's one reason. Uh, the economy is the other big reason. And uh, women today, there are actually more women working than men right now. And women are working um, the majority of them because they have to. You know, over 70% of women working have young children. So this holding down a job and trying to raise a large family is not so easy. It's pretty stressful. So those are the things I see as um, the forces behind the single child family. So why do most people believe that a sibling is important? Why do they believe it is essential to a child's development? I mean, we, we all hear that the best gift you can give your child is a sibling. Why, why do people think that? Well, well, first of all, because we've been brainwashed literally into believing that siblings are socially necessary. They're intellectually advantageous. 
or both. Hmm. And um, the reality is that siblings are not essential. And I have to add something here so people don't think I'm this crazy woman (laughs) (laughs) going off on that you have to have one child. Uh, I am the parent of an only child, but I am also the stepmother of four children Hmm. in two different families. So I've done this both ways. Um, I've had a large family and now I have one child. So um, I really feel like I can be objective about this. Hmm. So back to your question of um, children, be, um, siblings being essential. Um, you know, when you look at the, the number of siblings who fight and don't get along, sometimes when they're very young, it's just a matter of temperament. They didn't get along when the sibling first arrived and... They go on through their lives like that. Um, you know, so from the point of view that siblings can chip away at your self-esteem, uh, that makes them non-essential in my opinion. Um, but they're also very... They're, they're, what people don't talk about is the number of siblings who push and shove. You know, that's up to 74%. You're talking about my family right now, but if only my mom could have had me and not my brothers. I don't know if that's possible since I'm the third child. <laughs> I mean, my, possible. my brother would have had a more likely chance to be an only child than I would have been. But. I mean, it really is true. And if they're not pushing and shoving and biting, um, they're verbally aggressive. And when you add in that verbal aggression and verbal abuse, which is quite extensive, um, that goes up to 85%. And one 13-year-old said, you can do nasty things to your brothers and sisters for no reason. And that's true. You wouldn't think of pushing and shoving um, a friend. It just doesn't happen. So, you know, for teens, um, a, there was a large British study. of four, They went into 40,000 homes. And the teens were happier the fewer or no siblings they had. So you know, that, that you know tells me that uh, siblings are not essential, and there's also uh, for a long time been this argument among scholars about the so-called tutoring effect that the older sibling will have a higher IQ because he's helping tutor his younger brother and sister. Well, the jury's still out on that. There. Um, they they can't find for absolutely sure that that works. So I can speak to um, this only child situation because I am an only child, um, and I know that there are a lot of uh, a lot of people that say, "Oh, <clears throat> if you're an only child, you're going to grow up and you're going to be spoiled, and you're going to want to always have it your way." And, that explains uh, so much. It doesn't it? Knows. Really? I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think most people would look at my life and say, in some aspects, that I was spoiled. Um, 
from the standpoint of my parents were able to provide more for me because there was only one child. Um, but spoiled in the fact of, you know, being a snot about it and being a jerk, um, my parents taught me better. So um, was I given more? Absolutely. Um, but I think it's what you do with what you're given and um, how you behave. And obviously, you know, as parents, it's it's our responsibility to, you know, if we're going to provide more for our children and give them more things, then we have to teach them, you know, how to be responsible um, with those things. So, you know, I, I don't think I'm, I'm bossy. I, I think I do take command more. <laughs> but but I also think I know when to back off. For me, it, it wasn't just, oh, you're an only child. So therefore, you're this, you're that, you're whatever. I think that there is a, a, a balance with that. But Dr. Newman, have you found that to be the case too? Or um, are there studies that show that only children really do, um, you know, they are more spoiled and, and, and they do want things their own way. We have to backtrack for a minute to the late 1800s when uh, these stere- they're really stereotypes you're talking about. The only child will be spoiled, lonely, bossy. There was a study done in 1896 and the psychologist who did it concluded that being an only child is a disease in mm. itself. Wow. And from there, ouch! Yeah. <laughs> right, ouch, right. And he talks about, you know, the lonely child. And he said that children, uh, only children were maladjusted and they got sick more often. And all the stigmas that are, were, are attached to only children today, like imagine, have more imaginary friends, have stuck. However, you have to look at the, the study itself was faulty, one, um, but it was a whole different era. The play date was the term play date wasn't even invented. Um, and, and this whole idea of only children being spoiled. Well, in today's parenting climate, if you look around, a lot of children have much more than they need, and it isn't a question of. Um, how many children are in the family, it's just a question of parenting style. Um, and even the selfish aspect of it. Um, you know, I, I've been studying only children for over 20 years, and it appears that they are not selfish at all. They give, they will share their toys. And that comes from savvy parents of one child who realize that to avoid these stigmas, they have to get their child out socially early so that they learn to share, they learn to lose um, a board game, uh, they learn empathy for other children, um, that they're not, they, they come to realize they're not the center of attention. You know, and when you talk about uh, the, the label or myth bossy, they sure learn that fast because they know that friends are their sibling substitutes. And if they want friends and they want people to play with, they're not going to be bossy and aggressive. So I have one child right now, and and, and we're planning to have a second, but every once in a while I question that decision. And um, <laughs> But then I think, well, what about later on? I want... I want lots of grandkids. Well, how's one child going to give me lots of grandkids? Or I think, what about when I'm old? Who's going to take care of me? So 
what about those things? What about later on when parents are aging and they need care and they only have one child to take care of them and they live across the country? What, um, what about those types of things? Okay, well, that's another fallacy that um, parents fantasize <laughs> that their, ad- their adult children are going to be best friends and they're going to rally around that bedside of yours peacefully. Um, and when you talk to adults with siblings uh, who are, have been in that situation, y- you realize that with siblings, this can become very contentious. Who's going to take care of mom? Who's going to arrange for extra support they need? Who's going to go shop for groceries and so forth? And Only children realize pretty early that they are going to be the ones responsible. And it's parents' job before they're aging and ill to make sure they've made provisions for their child to help. But also, this is what friends are for, or this is what your only child's uh, partner or husband or wife is for. Uh, This is why you cultivate uh, strong relations for your only child with his or her cousins so that if you um, have all these backup systems in place, it doesn't feel so so, um, oppressive to the only child. And many only children in my research said, my parents did everything for me. This is the least I can do for them. But the one thing you don't want to think is that all your children are going to happily be there because it's usually one child, if you have several, um, tends to be a female child and the one who is um, closest uh, in proximity to you who gets the brunt of it and the others, uh, she complains about her brothers and sisters who are not helping. Well, thanks so much. When we come back, we'll talk about the benefits to having only one child and how to respond to society's pressure to have more. We'll be right back. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back on Parent Savers with Susan Newman, author of The Case for the Only Child, and she's here to debunk only child myths. So, Dr. Newman, what are some benefits to having only one child? Well, there, there, there are any number of benefits. I mean, but you can look at this two ways. You know, people who have any number of children will tell you that that's better, and those who have one child will tell you that they like it. Um, but they're going to be only children like children with siblings who moan and groan that they didn't like their childhood for one reason or another. It's that grass is always greener mentality. And it's human nature to think that we want what we don't have. But in terms of benefits um, for only children, they have all their parents' time and attention, and they have all their parents' financial resources. 
And the time and attention shows up when um, you're looking at intellectual ability and in motivation. Those are the two areas where only children in testing will tick a little bit higher. So, you know, there are actually, I was talking to a psychologist in Texas, and he was saying that he had many parents who were having one child specifically for that reason, because um, they could give their child more time and attention, which means more reading time, more intellectual stimulation, and they felt that would benefit their child academically. But really, it's not the number of siblings who are in the household that turn out, that um, determine how your child turns out. It's actually how the parents parent and what parenting style they use, no matter how many children they have. Well, I was thinking about that when you were talking about in the last segment about um, older children pushing younger children and all that stuff. And same type of thing, you know, like you can have a hard situation with lots and lots of brothers and sisters and not like it. And and it's because the parents don't... um, regulate or discipline um, but you can also have the same situation with only having one child with you know any any number of things if parents are not attentive attentive um, you know then there's going to be difficulties in both scenarios yeah on the sibling rivalry or the sibling pushing shoving and abuse verbal abuse issue what happens to a lot of parents is they push it aside as typical sibling yeah. rivalry. Oh, totally. And, totally and in my house. don't pay attention. Yes. Um, so that's when it can develop into this lifelong siblings not getting along. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. My mom would be like, I'd be being sat on, and my mother would say, you know you like it. You know you like it. But to this day, um, my my I have two brothers, and one brother didn't talk to me for seven years. Um, we got in an argument when I was 21, and then my other brother, he um, he's older and doesn't know how to talk to us. We, I mean, we see them, and, and I... I um, get on better with their spouse. So it's it's one of those things that w- I've totally come up in that situation. I love my brothers because I'm supposed to, but um, I get a lot better along with a lot of other people than my <laughs> siblings. Um, oh, you're proving my point. Exactly. Exactly. I, I totally am. And I, but I look back on it. If I'm going to have more children, um, I love my parents and they did do the best of their abilities, but I would do things different. I don't believe in that whole sibling rivalry exactly what you said I, because I I was a product of it I don't believe that siblings need to attack each other punch you know punch each other tickle each other any of that stuff I I believe that um, there needs to be boundaries in that and that you need to protect your children from each other really but <laughs> in some ways of having an only child how does it affect a uh, woman's employment um, not well <laughs> you know, women have a tough time in spite of the fact, as I said earlier, there are a lot more of them in the workplace. But um, in terms of maternity leaves, there's always someone waiting to take your spot. Uh, so that's very nerve-wracking. Um, th- there is a distinct motherhood penalty Uh Women, children help men advance in the workplace, but mothers pay a huge price. When they did studies about the gap between mothers and childless women, mother, mothers start at a salary that's 7% lower than women without, the, without children. So the, over the course of the, a career, 
you're as a female having multiple children, you're losing five percent in salary per per child. So you and in certain fields, the um, percentage of loss, financial loss, is even greater. Uh, you know, for example, for women lawyers, it's ten to fifteen percent less than women without children. So, you know, a second, third, and fourth child ap- absolutely affects it, uh, your income and your advancement. The other aspect of it is there's a certain point at which going to work is no longer beneficial, and that's usually at the third child. That's because um, child care is so expensive. If you don't have a mother-in-law or mother or father or father-in-law or an aunt or uncle around to help you out with child care, it becomes uh, prohibitive to go back to work. Does it turn out then that maybe families with older children end up better ahead financially down the road because they only had one child because they didn't have all those costs associated or the mom could continue to work or they could have more income? Well, you can flip a coin on that one because the more uh, money you have, the more you spend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ac- according to um, the G- Department of Agriculture and all the government offices that study this kind of thing. So, um, you know, having one child allows you to give your child more. Uh, how you spend that more is up to you. A lot of people are choosing one child right now because of the uh, college costs down the road. Oh, I know. They, they are afraid they can't afford to send two children to college. So I, I feel like we've covered a lot of great topics, in fact, but let's yeah. say that Casey decides after this, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> I'm only going to have one. What are some of, I guess, the best things when someone does talk to her in the grocery store line or pressure her, like, <laughs> come on, you need, to have, you need to have a couple more? Like, what are some of the best comebacks for people that are, decide to have only one child for them to tell other people? Well, my favorite one is, I don't ask you about your personal life. Why are you asking me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that usually shuts them up, shuts them down uh, <laughs> right there. Um, you know, it depends uh, you know, on, on to whom you're speaking. You know, if it's a parent and you're having infertility issues, you don't want, you know, you may or may not want to discuss it or you want to be as truthful as possible. Uh, you can say, we're trying. Or you can tell, let's say you, Casey's decided she's stopping at one. She can say, mom, dad, sister, we like our family the way it is. We're happy. We're stopping. Um, you know, it's not an easy discussion, but it certainly is easier with strangers than with family. But being straightforward, I think, is the easiest way to answer it. You can simply say, we're, we're not sure. We're thinking about it. And that will push people away temporarily. 
You know, um, I had a really good childhood. Um, a lot of what you're saying, Dr. Newman, w- was true for me because I didn't have siblings. My parents and friends were kind of my surrogate siblings. I have a really, really close relationship with my parents that exists, you know, even today. I had a, a core group of friends growing up that, you know, um, you know, I'm still in contact with today and we still do stuff with each other, even though we live on opposite sides of the country. I have to say, though, despite what I went through growing up and, and how, you know, happy it was and joyous it was, I knew that, you know, I, I have two boys and it was a very conscious decision to not have only children, which may sound weird because it worked so well for me. Um But I think it's one of those things that the grass is always greener on the other side. You know, I don't think having an only child works for everybody. And I'm not just talking about the parents. I'm talking about the child. Sometimes it's just in your personality and and, and sometimes you are forced to maybe take on personality traits you may not normally do. Um, But I don't think it works for all kids. You know, I think some people regress and, 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 you know, maybe are, are a little more what's that introverted introverted as a result um i knew i couldn't be in order to survive (laughs) i knew Mm -hmm. as an only child i you know i i think it's the reason why you know i I started my own company and that i don't work for somebody else I, i i never expected things to be handed to me kind of thing but with my own boys there's part of me that really wishes i grew up with someone that I could talk to nowadays. And I'm not so concerned, you know, my parents are getting to the retirement age. Um, am I concerned that, you know, um, I'm not going to be able to take care of them? No, because like Dr. Newman was talking about, I'm relying on my spouse for that. You know, we're going to work through this together. I don't feel like I'm alone in that element of it. But I see my little boys playing together even now, six months and two years old. And I am so envious of that. And and yes, they're going to go through times where they're going to drive me crazy. I get that. Okay. It's a lot of work for you. It is. It's a lot of work for me. But when my two-year-old, and he does this all the time, runs over to his six-month-old brother and just hugs on him and loves him, I first of all, you know, she's getting parent, all I in am, the studio. I <laughs> but you know, it's such a wonderful thing, and and but part of me is jealous. I'm just like, I so wish I would have had that. Now, I'm sure my life wouldn't have turned out the same way, and it may okay? not have happened. Like it may not have happened that way, and who knows? Maybe my boys will go through something where they're not close when they grow up. But just seeing that now, I can't imagine not having both of them, and even more children. I'm not planning on stopping anytime soon. So. <laughs> the, o- the only isn't lonely because she provides a family for herself <laughs> after right. afterwards she's adult. That's right. But anyways, that's my own perspective. I had a great childhood growing up, but it's not something I wanted for my own family when I started it. You brought up any number of points that I do want to say something about. Um, one I'm just throwing out is that only children visit their parents more often. And I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> my yeah. wife but would, it, that, that's an argument for my wife. But, you know, as far as when I was doing the research for the case for the only child, what I found was more and more contrary to what you're saying, Sunny, is that, um, more and more only children right now are having only children. They liked and loved their childhood as you did. Um, and I don't, that may be a, fu- a function of the economy and having to work. I don't know the answer to that. But they are thrilled to have one child. And then when you talked about 
you know, being an introvert, uh, that's, that's a trait that can happen. You know, a middle child, for example, can turn inward because they're not getting enough attention. Um, that's just a function, again, of the child's temperament and the parenting. It's not a question of how many children are in the house. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, every kid ends up different and, it's true. you know, like different situations. Well, I, what I'm taking away from today is, you know, that there are a lot of stigmas attached to only children are, and yeah. that we really maybe need to not have those. Like not necessarily saying one is better than the other, but yeah. that, you know, only children isn't bad. And it's really how you parent. Anyways, thanks so much, Dr. Susan Newman, for helping us learn about the benefits of having only one child. If you want more information on being a parent to an only child, go to today's show on our episodes page on the website or visit SusanNewmanPhD.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We have an email from one of our listeners. As she says... Uh, my name is Jamie, and she's from Los Angeles. She's pregnant with her second child, and our first child is almost four. My husband and I are very concerned because we don't want our older child to be jealous of the new baby. She's the first grandbaby and has had been the center of attention ever since she was born. So do you have any suggestions on how to prepare our older child for the arrival of her new sibling? Hi, Jamie. This is Susie Walton from Indigo Village. A couple ideas is when the baby's born and she's comes to see you the first time after baby's born, be sure that you are and your partner are not holding the baby in that moment um, so she can come right to you and you can hold her and do all that, you know, and just hug her and, you know, don't say, you know, I wouldn't do a big, oh, here's your baby, so finally here. Just let the, whoever's there, the grandparents or something, hold the baby and just check in with her and your four-year-old. And also you'd want to, like, maybe have, like, a baby doll for her to give her in that moment, and what I'm basically telling you is low-key the newborn. Eventually, she'll like, oh, the baby or something like that, and that's fine, but the biggest thing is not to get her all excited and making her think she should be so excited about the baby. If she's excited, let her be excited on her own um, time, okay? And then, in general, right now, before baby comes, you want to get her started to do things that can help you out, like... You know, you can call her my assistant or my helper, but stay with saying good helper. Just say your helper or you're my assistant. Start giving her responsibilities ASAP. So when your hands are full, when baby comes, she's not going to feel like all of a sudden you're making her do this stuff because you don't want her to be around or you're too busy for her. Okay, congratulations on baby number two, and feel free to call back if you have any other questions. Thanks. Bye. That wraps up today's episode. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions for our expert about today's show or the topics we discuss, call our Parent Savers hotline at 619-866-4775 or send us an email through our website, parentsavers.com or Facebook page, and we'll answer your question in an upcoming episode. Coming up next week, we're talking about attachment parenting. Thanks for listening to Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode 
are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating healthcare problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.